Hello, and welcome to the Satan and the Empire podcast. My name is Jake the Saint Cross, and I am your host. On today's show, we have Janaid Ebanks, an 8-0 amateur, the current FCC middleweight champion. We'll be talking about him, his career to date, and also his upcoming title defence on FCC 17. Next up, secondly, we'll have Rob Sinclair, a 13-3 and professional MMA fighter, um, talking to him about his career so far, uh, his trial and tribulations with injuries. Um, he's the former Bama lightweight champion, and we'll also be talking to him about his upcoming uh, title fight against the defending champion, Charlie Leary, also on FCC 17. In the middle of the, of, of the show, we've got Chris Thompson, uh, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt from Lucio Sergio BJJ. He's just been out uh, in Vegas competing at the World Championship Masters, uh, the biggest stage there is for, uh, I believe it's everyone above 30 years old. It's split into sort of five-year gaps. Um, so he's got some good news from out there. Um, be good to listen to uh, what he's got to say. Uh, fourth on the show, we've got Mark Kinsella, the co-host of the Kinney vs. the Hippie podcast, along with Tim Barnett. Um, he is Kinney is the FCC and Shinobi welterweight champion. Uh, I'll be discussing his career to date, along with details of his next fight uh, opponent, also on FCC 17. Uh, the back end of the show, uh, the final person we've got is Chris Clark, the owner and promoter of Budo Fighting Championships. Talk to him a bit about how he got started, um, details of his new affiliations uh, across the world with all promotions and how that helps him. Um, and also his upcoming show in Bolton on September 11th. So without further ado, let's begin the show. Before we get to our first guest, I just want to quickly talk about one of our sponsors, IdiPure, I-D-E-E-P-U-R-E. Uh, they can be found at idipure.com. That's I-D-E-E-P-U-R-E.com. Uh, they supply athlete soap, um, exactly what an athlete needs. It's literally three ninety nine for these soaps. They have three ranges currently out. They have the original, the athlete bar, uh, power soap for BJJ, MMA, and all contact sports. Um, we, they also have the charcoal bar, an all-natural purifying soap bar for face and the body. Uh, and finally, the warrior soap in red, designed for warriors, fiery ginger and cooling citrus. Like I say, it's only three ninety-nine. It, it's made purposely for the athlete to clean uh, your body after you've been training or before you go into training uh, to make sure none of the uh, horrible um, diseases get passed around. I would definitely recommend to buy it. That's idipure.com. Uh, the athlete bar, the charcoal bar, and the warrior soap. I use it myself. It's brilliant stuff. And they also do other ranges, including beer oils. So make sure you check it out. That's idipure.com. Thank you very much. Hello, I am now joined by Janae D. Banks from Apex MMA, uh, 8-0 um, amateur, um, FCC middleweight champion. How are you, Janae? Are you all right? I'm okay, thanks. How are you? I'm good, pal. I'm good. Uh, you just been training, you say? Yeah, just finished now. Um, we were doing strength. Sweet. So you're now four weeks out? Just yeah, under four? Three, four weeks, something like that, before FCC 17. Yeah, that's right. What, what, what's your thoughts on your next opponent? Obviously, he's the uh, current FCC light heavyweight champion, from what I recall. Um, what's your thoughts? I know, I know you've fought a light heavyweight before yourself, and it's not something new to you, but facing a, a fellow champion, it sort of literally is, could be billed as champion v champion. This. What are your thoughts going towards it? 
Yeah, so your, ne- your last fight uh, we spoke a couple of minutes ago was on Almighty Fighting Championship 2. What was it like going from, obviously, a championship fight uh, where you won the title in FCC uh, against Graham Meehan to a non-title fight and a promotion? Um, you don't really see that quite often. Is that, do you just want something to fill in the gap? Or was it like a bit of a hesitation? Because going against someone that and, and you can't really win anything, how, how, did you, how, do you sort of, how was your mindset? I know also we've knew each other for a few years now um, and obviously you said you weren't getting any younger um, what is yeah. your sort of timeline is it one more defence turn pro or is that not been talked about as of yet or say you fought um, Adam Wright that's the uh, really talker that's been on UFC he's now pro like you say uh, he's yeah. he, he always comes to fight um, nice gentleman as well um, James Walker I, I think I'm sure I commentated on that fight uh, for yeah, when it did, was yeah. known as Cage Predators um, that's when you sort of stood out from the crowd for me a little bit um, and then you faced Demonier, um, which was a good fight, and, and you kept yourself well composed. You knew you was you wasn't the underdog in that, and you was the favourite. Um, but obviously, yeah. you know what happens in fights: you, you get caught, you get a bit too cocky, and it got uh, and it's over. But you kept yourself quite composed in that fight, which is nice to see. And then from there, yeah. we had a chat. I think it was the next show you wasn't fighting, and you told me you was cutting down to middleweight, and I didn't see how because you, your body looked, looked ripped as it was anyway. But you got down to middleweight, and you still stormed through people, through Mick, through Graham. Uh, through uh, Vazilan, obviously now you're looking towards uh, Brent. 
it's a quite a good career at the minute. What would you say to obviously looking to turn pro shortly? What would you say to the newly amateurs? Would you how long would you say to stick at it? Um, obviously, you've not got a loss in your record as of yet or ever. Um, is it? Is it? Do you think amateur is where you where you should um, make it? Do the risky fights? Yeah, I mean it's the proving grounds. It's to, it's to see if you have got what it takes to go pro at the end of the day. You know, you, you, if you're going to go out there and have one or two fights, and you know it, whether you win, lose, lose or draw them, you, you, you start to build experience, and that's what the experience is for. You can't go in there um, at the at pro level with one or two fights because you'll just get smoked by these guys. The guys at a pro level will probably have what 10, 20 fights, in, including their amateur fights and pro fights in, in their career. You know, you can't go in there. They've got so they've got so much um, smarts when it comes to in cage experience. It's really valuable. If you go in there and you don't know what you're doing and you're just using a, a street fighter sort of mentality, you'll be smoked by these guys. They will find out a wrinkle in your game so fast that your feet won't even touch the ground. Before you know it, you'll be either unconscious or you'll be tapping out. So you need to be fully ready before you go in there. This is what I'd say to an amateur that's first starting out. You know, get your experience from the guys in your gym. Um, obviously, they'll the, the fighters when you actually start fighting with them, they'll probably hand your ass to you for at least a good, I don't know, six months before you start picking up a little bit more experience. Get yourself your first fight once you start, you know, being able to be competent at it. Uh, and then just see where you go from there. But just you know, don't just take stupid fights at, at silly ways. Do it for you know. The, I mean, for me, uh, as a as a light heavyweight, when I start when I first started out, it was just to, to find out if I could do it, if I could you know. But then as the development came on, and I'm still developing now. Uh, you know, I'm nowhere near a finished article or whatever. Um, I'm still learning new things. My fight style's changed, and you know. Like as a, as a light heavyweight, what I did find was is that um, you know third round came and I was I was really blowing out my backside with it. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I, I find it really tough. As I cut to middleweight, I've got the I've got the biggest gas tank ever. You know, it's it's, it's just learning about what your body can take, what your body can do, and uh, you know, especially when you step your game up against uh, highly touted sort of uh, amateurs and, and, and pro guys who are ready to go pro. You know, there's a, there is a big gulf in depth, um, uh, in class between as you were. Ready to, to, to go, to take that step to go pro, and guys who are, are just starting out, you know. Sweet. So you've you fought on some of the biggest shows in the UK at the minute, um, UK Fighting Championships, uh, Almighty, who's a new one, Chernobyl, Budo, and FCC. Um, yeah. Obviously, they're, they're all big shows. Uh, I'm not going to ask which is your favourites. I don't want you to put any favourites on him. But do you feel like it helped you fighting in front of different crowds, in front of different environments, um, in front of uh, different people? Helped you as an all-round fighter to, to not get nervous, or would you have rather st- like started at FCC or, or similar and, and just stayed there um, and got used to surroundings? Do, do you I like? Mean, I mean, coming in, uh, I started on uh, Retribution Six, which was uh, back in Preston. I mean, it, for, for my first fight, it was uh, you know I was, I was really underdeveloped at that point, but it gave me the it gave me the impetus to, to go on and, uh, and progress. You know. I think my next fight was in, was in Stoke, and it was um, it was in, in front of a even smaller crowd. Uh, that was, but that was away from home, and you know tra- uh, the rest of the fights out uh, that I did from there on, I was travelling. You know, so it was getting that road experience. Um, you know, in front of different crowds, crowds that hate you, crowds that like you, and stuff like. That. I mean, uh, and then I started fighting Blackburn, and you know that was really for me. You know, those crowds were even though I'm from the area, they're pretty hostile towards me. So I, I don't know. I kind of developed um, 
I am the guy that's supposed to lose and then all of a sudden they're putting belts around my waist, you know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> it completely changes your mind on the whole thing, you know what I mean? It's uh, all of a sudden you've, you've got this champion attitude on you, you know, and um, you've got to you've got to start proving your mettle. Uh, and then honestly, after that, you know, obviously I'm, I was I was five and zero at that point, and I was I was thinking, you know, the next step of my career, I've uh, I've really got to step it up and get onto even bigger shows. And you know, Shinobi came a calling um, for mixed Anthony, who'd had around 50, 60 boxing matches or something like that, and as a, as a professional, and he was, um, you know, he, he had he had more fights than me. At, um, at, at amateur at the time, and you know, um, I was coming down. This was my first cut from um, from light heavyweight to middleweight, and uh, basically, I wanted to see if I could push it, you know, push it, push it to the limit. Uh, if the weight cut was really going to bother me or anything like that, you know, with with, with my um, cardio. And to be honest with you, it was a breeze. I didn't even break a sweat. So you know, the next one with Graham Meeland was basically. Trying to, obviously, I went five rounds with a guy, almost almost a full complete five rounds, and I didn't, uh, you know what I mean. I, I, I didn't feel tired at all. I felt like I could do another three or four, maybe. So knowing that, knowing that I could push the, the boundaries, um, obviously I faced Vasily Kuchik at AFC two, and basically knowing that I'm going to go in there and smoke the guy, you know what I mean. And it's just I'm getting into that sort of, you know. I, I mean, for me, FCC is the be all and end all. Because it's the first show that I went to go and watch as a as a as a as an amateur uh, just starting out sort of thing, and I was thinking this is amazing. This, you know, the, the um, you know the, the cameras and everything, the big stage in front of all these people. I mean, I, I, I didn't, I don't particularly get nervous uh, for fights because I'm so home in a cage. Um, you know, I've, I've been in there a million times against against all different types of people, all shapes and sizes, you know, it's the same every time you go in there, so really the crowds don't really bother me, to be honest with you, because it just completely, you know, I, I, sh- I shut, it shuts down, you know, for me, what, what's in the cage is what, what actually matters when you're in there in front of all those people. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with that, um, obviously working at FCC for more than a number of events, the, the uh, now Macron Stadium Arena is Something special, um, especially when the fighters and the coaches and everyone can come watch upstairs as well, and it sort of gives that that feeling like it's a big fight, a big fight event, um, which I totally agree with. Um, moving on, obviously, I know from the past you were at, was you at Reps originally and then went to Apex. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? what how did that transition with you? Was it um, travel? Was it you? You bumped into Jimmy and thought, "I'll give this a try." How did that work for you? Basically, just to prove that I was dedicated to fight, and um, 
my whole idea of what fighting was and whether I really wanted to do it or not because of what could happen to you in a cage because it all did. I remember a guy um, pinning me down in Mount. Um, he, he was on, I was I was absolutely knackered because we were doing a gauntlet, so he was one of the last guys I was um, I was I was getting uh, I was basically pinned down in Mount, and he was one of the last guys I was fighting, and he basically had me. Uh, he was postured, he postured up on me, and he was basically punching the living hell out of my face. Um, and, I, and people were telling me to move, shrimp, and stuff like that, and I'm and I'm knackered, and he busted my nose on one of the uh, one of the punches. And when you when you stood up and you get a punch in the face, um, basically the blood runs out round down your nose, out your nose, so it comes out. When you're on your back, it runs down your throat. So basically, theoretically, I was drowning in my own blood at the time. And I thought to myself, I've never ever had that done to me in my entire life, and I don't want it to ever happen again. And from it did something to me psychologically. It, kind of lit a fire under my ass. So instead of running from it and never wanting it to happen again, I wanted to rectify it, come back and change, change, change it so it never happened to me again. And, you know, you find yourself in these situations from time to time and, you know, um, where you're in bad spots, bad positions, and you just gotta, you've got to fight through it, you've got to get through it, you've got to have that metal in, in your body where you just think to yourself, you know what, I'm going to steal myself here. This is never going to happen to me again. And you've just got to walk through it and keep persevering, keep inspiring yourself and other people, you know. Anyway, I got through that and had the fight and I knocked the guy out in, in uh, 23, 23 seconds, I believe it was, my debut. Um, and then I got divorced and um, I moved back to the Blackburn sort of area and um, I went to Predators, I believe, for, uh, for a week or so. Um, stopped going there because it just wasn't for me. Um, and I met uh, I met up with one of my friends um, that I was helping out with an MMA fight uh, that was in uh, at Norbeck Castle. I think it was called ECC Band One. Um, uh, Mark Hunter, and uh, basically he he fought on there, and he basically said I'm about to join this new gym, so why don't you come with me? So uh, I came about six months later uh, to Apex MMA, and obviously Jimmy's turned me into a proper fighter, and, and the man's a genius. You know, he's been around for a very long time, and and you know. The rest of my record, what he's turned me into, speaks for himself and the rest of the team as well. Yeah, um, I've knew Jimmy for quite a while now. He's someone that when 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 he talks, you, you listen and you don't you don't try and interrupt or anything like because you know what he's saying is is the truth and um, he's a very intelligent guy. Um, what do you um, think of the future is for yourself and the team at Apex MMA? Then where obviously you say you turn yourself pro. Uh, I'm not sure how many pros out of Jimmy's there actually is, and obviously I know he's called to enter in Entwistle, and he was in the UFC. Yeah. Um, will you be the first official pro under him for quite a while, and, um, and and it's sort of a learning curve for both of you, or? No, it's not. No, because uh, he's got Martin Sweeney as well. He's another pro, and we've got Luke, um, we've got Lucas as well. He's another pro. Uh, we've got a couple. Of, we've got a couple of other pros in the, in the gym. I'll just be the next one. Sweet. I'll be a, a fourth or fifth pro that he's had because he's had. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark the Spider Rider as well in the past. Sweet. What do you? I, I don't know how much you gain. You want to give away, but what's your prediction for in four weeks against Brent? Take a chance on on these 
and these opening these gaps and stuff like that. It's whether you you're alive to it, you know what I mean. I mean, I like to stay on my toes and I like to keep uh, I, I, I like to keep moving. So if anything changes, I can pounce on it. You know what I mean. Uh, I'm always waiting. I, I never I never really get hit or clipped or anything like that. You know what I mean. Uh, I, I really I rarely take a lot of damaging fights to be honest with you. Um, so I'm looking for a real dirty dogfight in this one, and I want to get into the trenches with this guy, and I want to beat the crap out of him. Basically, that's what I'm coming for. I'm coming to put on a show, and I'm coming to beat the guy up. I'm not coming to have a have a tippy tappy sort of MMA fight with him. I want to see blood in this one or break some break bones. I'm coming to finish this guy. In your head, do you feel like, for instance, it is a champion versus champion thing? That and obviously, I know you're fighting for the, your middleweight title, but if you win this fight. I know it's not technically you having his title as well if you do win, um, but do you think you walk away as, as, as a legitimate champion going to pro ranks? That's what how you're aiming at, or is it, to, in your eyes, you only, you, you're you just defending your title, you're just going to do your business and uh, turn pro next? Um, for me, it's, uh, I'm defending my title. It doesn't, you know, I mean, titles aside, me and him, it's about me and him. You know what I mean? It's me versus him, titles aside. I mean, there's, for me, there's, there's no. There's, I mean, I've got a lot of pride because I've always wanted an FCC. I want, I've always wanted to fight on FCC. Never mind to hold the hold the championship, which is what I've, which is what I've achieved and what I've done. Nobody can take that away from me. So, for me, against Brent on this one, you know, a lot of people have, have got me down as the underdog because he's such a popular guy. Well, popularity doesn't win you an MMA fight. Fighting does. And the way I look at it, if I beat Brent. You know, I'll have had a clean record on my um, amateur run. Yeah. And I'm about to go into it with all that experience into pro. And basically, that's where I see myself. It's not about, for me, it's not about the championships. It's, it's about the now. It's about showing people that I could potentially be considered for the UFC or, or, or Bellator because I've got to dream bigger than that now. I, I dream bigger. When I, I dreamed big when I first stepped, stepped onto, the, onto the scene about becoming an FCC champion or becoming a nationally, uh, or uh, you know, a, 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 a European sort of prospect or whatever. I've, I've done all that. People know who I am. You know what I mean. Uh, and now it's about being the best that there is a, a pro and trying to get into one of these. You know, making a decent career for myself, basically. Sweet. We'll, we'll we'll close it up here. But anyone you want to say thank you to, any sponsors you want to plug, um, give us details about the next fight in FCC. Uh, how how people can get down there? Yeah, um, basically it's uh, the event city Manchester um, Trafford Centre. It's on the twenty fourth of September. And it's against Brent Tierney for my middleweight championship on FCC seventeen. Uh, and I'd like to give a big shout out to uh, True Warrior MMA and clothing. I would like to give a shout out to Jimmy and everybody down at Apex MMA. Um, also, good luck to Ian Entwistle. Um, and a big shout out to Lee and Chris Kennedy for pushing me every night. Jacob and Bart Crow, um, and all the rest of the guys down at Apex MMA. Sweet. Pleasure to talk to you, pal. Thank you very much. Yeah, you too. Thank you very much. Thanks, pal. Just before we get on to the next interview with Rob Sinclair, just want to let everyone know that this podcast is sponsored by Progress Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, I request everyone to get down to their website, progressjj.co.uk. Uh, check out their gear. Awesome geese. Uh, it's a lifestyle brand, not just uh, a sports brand. Uh, amazing t-shirts, uh, geese, hoodies, 
um, sh- MMA shorts, rash guards, everything you could think of. So get down to progressjj.co.uk. I'm now joined by Rob Sinclair, um, professional lightweight, um, former Bama lightweight champion, um, and his next bout will be on FCC next month at Event City in Manchester. How are you, Rob? I'm good, pal. I'm good. So, what's coming up with you then? Uh, we've got uh, Burnley Brawl this weekend. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about the event? Yeah, so the event is the um, sixth event. Um, we haven't done it for about five or six years now because we have problems with the football club. Um, so, now, it's, um, now we've been given the green light to uh, start doing the show again because you know, Burnley got promoted and they're changing the training uh, side of things for the the young academics and um, they're putting the flooring back down now because they changed it to AstroTurf and they couldn't have the show on AstroTurf so uh, we decided to speak to the football club again and you know get the show on the road again so that's is it will, will it be indoors if you say AstroTurf or yeah it's an indoor it's an indoor 3G pitch that they put down for like quarter of a million pounds they didn't want us to uh, to wreck it by you know putting uh, cages on it and chairs on it and beer on it so they just called a halt to it but over the last four, uh, five or six years or so the damage has been done to the pitch for playing on it so they're on about taking it up now what we're doing for this show we're going to put a, uh, a, a a floor down a fake floor and uh, it's costing us like so then we can put cage on you know chairs and tables on it so it's all go ahead Sweet. So, what sort of fights have you got on there? I know from the card you've got um, the entertaining Buddy Khan, you've got uh, Danny Hewer. Um, any others that we should be looking out for? Any fights that you put together that you particularly think, yeah, they're going to be wars? Yeah, I've got. I've, I've, I've tried to match the card uh, as best I can. It's been difficult, the amount of shows. Um, but I've tried to match the card as even as possible. And uh, everybody on the, the card, there's only nine fights, on which I'm pretty happy at, to be honest, because. I don't like them dragging on, but the show's going to be from 7 while 10, 3 hours. And that's what I'm aiming for. And I don't really want the show to go until midnight and stuff like that. I'd rather get in, get out. I think that's what the fans like as well. They just want to get in there, have a few beers, watch a few fights, and then, and then either go home or go out. So, uh, I've matched the card pretty well. Everyone's pretty you know, pretty even. Um, and there's going to be some, you know, some good fights. Sweet, sweet. So... With regards to Burnley Brawl, you say it's like been a six-year gap. How many events did you do previous to this uh, under the Burnley Brawl banner? Uh, I think we've done. I think this is number five, so we've done four. Have you missed doing them? Well, definitely. The town's missed them as well. I've been uh, constantly messaged, you know, when you've been another show, and you know, I, I go down to the football club, or I did go down to the football club every every few months and say, "Are we any closer? Can we do anything to put a floor down?" And I just can't get the stop on it. So, you know, they approached me and said, you know, the plans for going forward. And I thought, real dude, let's put to their business partner. Um, and uh, see, the thing is, the thing is pretty clever, really, how we do it. Because we have some guys at our gym, um, you know, who train for free and everything. Mm-hmm. They, watch, they train for free. They don't, no one gets charged. Yeah. And uh, there's about 10 lads down there. And I thought, you know what, that could be one off the card. So, we have it as like a Burnley versus everybody else. Right, okay. And because, 
you know, Burns is a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Right. Fly out. I don't have to do much ticket selling. <laughs> I have around about between six and eight hundred people in there. Wow. Okay. Sweet. So, so obviously, I know when I've seen <clears throat> seen you fight before, especially on your fight in Bellator, you wore the Burnley jersey. Um, do they? Did they? Have they ever given you backing? I don't mean money wise or anything like that. But have they always like said like one hundred percent behind you because you're a Burnley lad and you're a Burnley supporter, or has it only been, ever been one sided? Or how, how does that work with Burnley Football Club? Would you expect any uh, Burnley players or hierarchy at the event next week, this weekend? Yeah, never know. Could be. We've had a few before. I think. I think uh, Kieran Trippier and Danny Ings has been to to one before. Um, so you never know. You know, I'll do well if they come. <laughs> Sweet. You. Your next bout is on FCC. Um, I know you had a well. You, you obviously you had your injury and then you came back and had a fight. Um, sort of see where you was at and stuff that was on Bama was it last year the year before yeah last year last year um, and talk a bit about obviously you had your fight on Bellator against Sadawad um, and then obviously the injury hit how how was that for you obviously I know I spoke to you at the time and stuff and, and it took you a long time to, to recover um, how was that coming off off the Bellator about and really wanted to move on with your career and, and, and try and learn from, from, from obviously being on a big stage how did that? How did that affect you mentally? How, what, what was sort of the next step in your head? Was it just to get back to full fitness and get back in there, or did you question yourself? Or well, you, you got it a little bit wrong way around there. I, I had um, I had the injury before the side of one fight. Right. Okay. Uh, oh right. Apologies. Yeah, you're right. I do apologise. Yes, you're right. It was Andre. When was your last fight um, in London? Wasn't it? Tough from his fight with Colin, and I just thought this is uh, 
you know, I'm never going to lose two on a bounce. <laughs> and I just, just thought I just went through him. Do you ever look back at the, uh, obviously, when you was injured or, or coming back to, to the Bellator fight and think, right, I would rather have done one back at home first to see how I was, or because, like you just said, you was um, looking to start to go out on your shield, that was in your head your last fight, coming back to the injury, sure that you could do it again. Um, that was You wanted to do it on the biggest stage possible. Ideally, you know, a, a tune-up fight would have been great because I've, I've just gone in there straight with uh, a guy who's knocked Will Brooks out in 40 seconds. You know, it's... Uh, um, but it is what it is, and you know, at the end of the day, I've never turned anything down. Only things that do not really make sense. And uh, I give a good account of myself. I mean, he walked away with a broken foot and concussion, and I walked away with a attempted eco. Right, sweet. So, Michael Brightman was next. That was last uh, June. So, it's been 14 months since your last one. You've got four weeks out from FCC. Um, What's made you uh, come back? Was was you thinking I'm done now, or was you just waiting for the right fight? And um, FCC and Adam came up to you with uh, the proposal of the, ta- the title fight in, in in Manchester. What 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 will happen there? Well, you know, it's I was waiting for Bellator. We've been contact, contacting Bellator, and I was ready to compete again. I mean, I, I come out of the Brackle Brightman with a torn another torn ligament, uh, and I healed that up for three months. Then I was ready to go again. And I was contacting Bellator, and I was not getting guys back, nothing back. So we contacted Bama, uh, and they offered us uh, nothing. At that time, there was nothing available. And I was getting a, a little bit peed off, and I thought, my face doesn't fake, I guess. So it got to that point where, you know, I was contemplating just retiring and thinking, you know, I've done my bit now. But something just inside me just thought, you know what, you just haven't finished just yet. Uh, something eating away at me. Um, so I sort of rode it out. We contacted Bellator a little bit more. Nothing really happened. I spoke to Jude and I spoke to Chris Sober down at Bama when uh, when that show was on in Birmingham. I forget what month it was. I think it was about April time or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and then we're going to offer me uh, a fight in October. That never materialised. So basically, I just thought, you know what? Whatever. And then Adam Tate texted me and uh, said, would you be interested in, uh, you know, competing against Charlie O'Leary? So I was like, I struggle getting matches against people. And uh, he'd seen Keane. Uh, the show's a good show. He's local to me. It's home. And um, I get to add a new little belt to my little collection. <laughs> Um, I remember uh, I travelled down to Wembley Arena when you fought uh, Andre Winner. That's a fight on the local UK scene that I could not miss my first and only time in London so um, it was an experience anyway I made sure I didn't miss that fight and it probably is one of the best amateur pro, sorry best UK pro fights I've ever seen um, and when you had the hiatus with injury it was a bit gutting because I wanted to see what was next for you because there was a couple of burn lads sat behind me who was like adamant that um, that might have been you, you, you finish, you, you're done after that. I thought I was adamant that UFC or Bellator would come calling uh, and also the injury obviously put you out for a couple of years. It's nice to see you back on, on the UK scene. It's uh, a bit selfish, but we get to see you live again um, against a, a good opponent um, for a good domestic title. Um, yeah. And it's, like you say, in your local, uh, local fans get to see it as well, uh, which is nice to see. What's your thought going forward? Have you thought about after this fight? Are you still in contact with your Bamers, your Bellators, or are you just looking at this fight and then you'll you'll, you'll revise everything from there? Yeah, I'll just I'm just going to concentrate on this one and I will revise it after this fight. 
Um, Bama have contacted me after Rio Fight. My contract runs out in Bellator in April. Uh, to be honest, I probably will not go back over to America now. I've done that. Um, it wasn't really for me, if I'm really honest. Uh, being away from my family at the time was, was uh, it was difficult. And being away from my friends, I only had eight people travel over, which is a lot, you know, to say travel to the other end of the world. But it was difficult. Um, so I will reevaluate after this win and see what happens. Brilliant. Tell me a bit about yourself then, just quickly, about uh, obviously y- your career. I know one of your first original fights, uh, if I remember rightly, was against uh, one of your good friends now, Will Burke. Was that correct? It was, yeah. Um, and then, what? who was you Is it just literally Sinclair and May then, obviously, and you worked with Gab Bowman at Predators, or because of that fight with Will, did it sort of just ma- uh, mesh then, or how did that work? Well, uh, Will Burke and uh, Gab Bowman were at SBG at the time. Yes. Uh, Paul Townswell, and I was uh, training with uh, Michael Bisbee, I was fighting for him at the time. And uh, they put the fight together on a, a show called Ultimate Force in, in Doncaster. And, uh, uh, you know, luckily I beat him. We got talking to Gavin and uh, Andrew Miles and Kamata Guru at, at the time. And once uh, Michael Bisbee had done the show and won the show, he uh, went over there. I had no way to train, I did my brother. So we got approached by uh, your good friend Rob Friedman and he said, why don't you try Predators? Because Gav Boardman and Wilbur have set up on their own and left SPG. So we went over and um, the rest is history. Sweet. So Sinclair and May, obviously, it's, you, you've set that up with your, with your brother Mick in, in Burnley. Uh, obviously, you said that most, most if not all, of your, 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 your students do train for free. It's sort of like a, a local thing that you're trying to um, give back to the community, that sort of thing. What, what's your future with that? Are you, is that something that you, you think is a long-term uh, goal, that you won't just give up on that? Or um, do you see any, any bright people in, 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 your, in your students so far or any, anyone that can go as far as you, if not further? Yeah, there's some, there's some good up-and-coming uh, young lads. Uh, there's, a, there's a few um, few older lads as well, you know, they've got talent, but maybe age might catch up by the time. But, um, I like I like the idea of, uh, you know, maybe helping some of the younger kids, but, you know, there's moments in time I've got to be a little bit selfish as well and, and, and take care of myself. And, uh, and if it arises where I can, you know, teach a bit more, maybe make a bit more of a living out of it, I will do. Um I like doing it. The, you know, the kids who come down there like doing it. It's um, it's a nice little unit. Awesome, awesome. So I'll, I'll leave it there, with you pal. Any any um, sponsors you want to plug for? Um, any details about the FCC? Uh, how people can get down there and uh, and what watch you in the main event? Uh, yeah, I just want to thank everyone who's helped me train for it. You know what I mean? It's um, it's been a long road. It's been a lot. There's been a lot of stress behind the scenes that a lot you know a lot of people don't know about, but. Uh, I will tell you this, once um, Charlie O'Leary hits the floor, you know, any stress that I've ever had in my life, uh, personally, professionally, job-wise, that will wipe the slate clean for me, and uh, my, my new life will start as soon as he hits the floor. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Appreciate your time, pal. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jake. Nice one, pal. Care. A great interview there with Rob Sinclair. Uh, before we move on to the third guest, Chris Thompson, um, just to let you know, we have... Uh, UK Fighting Championships on October 22nd in the Guild Hall in Preston. It's their second event this year. Um, stats card so far. Tickets available now. Uh, you can get them from uh, Rob Friedman, Steve Nightingale, uh, or through the Facebook page UK Fighting Championships. Make sure you get there. 
Hello, and now we're talking to Chris Thompson, who's a BJ Brown belt uh, from Manchester, who's now currently in Vegas. How are you, Chris? Yeah, not so bad, mate, not so bad. I'm currently feeling a little bit full. I've just been down to the air, uh, or you can eat breakfast buffet and smashed his head right in. <laughs> <laughs> so, you st- so, uh, so you're still in Vegas now. You, uh, how many days have you got left? I'm literally leaving in a couple of hours. Um, we decided to come for a week this time. I came last last year and did about did five days and uh, we literally came home as soon as the tournament finished so this time we thought we'd stay on for a couple of extra days so have a bit of a bit of a holiday as well sweet so you're over there for the world championship masters uh over in vegas at the minute um i believe you've uh you've done quite well pal tell us a bit how, it, how it's gone down yeah not too bad it panned out pretty good this time uh, managed to take gold in, in you know in quite a strong division uh some very very tough matches so I was, I was pretty happy. As I said, I got silver in the um, in the gi and in the no world's no gi last year. So I was pretty motivated this year to go out there and, uh, and get the top prize. And fortunately, it all worked out. Sweet. So Masters Free, what age group is that for you? That's forty to forty-five. So in the old man division. <laughs> how many? Uh, how many matches did you end up having? Uh, there was just sixteen in the group. Um, so it's sort of four matches going down. Uh, some, some tough, tough fights in the quarterfinals. I got the guy who won it last year at Brown Bell, and then in the final, I got the guy who's ranked number one in our division who, who uh, beat me in Abu Dhabi in the semi-final. So I managed to get a get a bit of revenge back on him uh, this time, and uh, you know managed to win. Sweet, that's something that does sort of stick in your mind if uh, someone sort of nips you at the post in a semi or a final. You do sort of want to get that back. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, we've actually fought four times now, and it's two wins to him and two wins to me. I beat him in the Euros a couple of years ago in the semi-final, and I've managed to beat him in the Worlds, um, and he's beat me a couple of times as well. So there's a bit of a little rivalry going on from there. I don't speak any Portuguese really, and. Um, you know, he's a Brazilian guy. I don't really speak any Portuguese. He doesn't speak much English, but there's quite a lot of respect going between us. And he says, you know, he's a real nice guy as well. But it's, when we're on the mites, uh, you know, it's, it's, you want to come out on top. Simple as that. Sweet. Um, just tell the listeners a bit about yourself, then, Chris. You sort of your background, how you got into martial arts, and how you sort of um, got to the world championship last week. Yeah, well, in um, I've, I've sort of boxing and stuff early doors. A lot of people do. Um, when I was when I was sort of uh, young, if you know what I mean, the uh, the UFC and stuff wasn't really around. It was around, but it was it wasn't really very big. You sort of saw it, and you didn't think much of it. Um, and then I sort of started training, had a bit more time, man. Well, sort of in my thirties, really, um, and sort of you know found the grappling, found the striking. I had a good go at MMA, had a crack at that. But it, it is a young man's game, so I was only sort of messing around. But I had quite a few fights, you know, about eighteen fights or so, and then eighteen MMA fights. Grappling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine amateur, nine pro in the end. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, you know, I had some good time. But like I said, I wasn't one of those who's trying to be gunning for the UFC or anything like that. I just think she did it for enjoyment, really. Um, and you trained and out of Coliseum, is that right? Yeah, Team Coliseum. I was in in Lee. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, it's not a, it, it's not there anymore. But it's a, it was one of the original teams in the UK. Uh, very sort of submission wrestling based, quite heavy on that. Um, and so it was one of those gyms that just made you tough really if you stayed there you know it sort of made you tough uh, so some of the sparring was absolutely brutal um, some great times there some great lads you know and um, and then I sort of just moved into the gra- kept the grappling going really from there really enjoyed the grappling and then lucky enough I managed to find Lucio uh, Lucio Sergio who's one of the sort of top guys in the world really 
um, managed to find him and then I've just I've been training with him ever since now for sort of the last five years or so. So when you came over to Lucio, uh, would you already graded by then or has it been sort of a quick transition? I did, I did have a blue belt, yeah, I got a blue belt, uh, I think it was 2008 or 2009 when I lived actually lived over in Spain for a guy called Rafael Pusada who I still actually go back and train with uh, once a year just, you know, because I've sort of still got a little place over there so I'd go over and sort of train with him just to see him. Um, so yeah, I gone, but then I hadn't worn the gi for oof, a good four years or so. Um, so when I put the gi back on, I just ended up getting collar choked by everyone left, right, and centre, <laughs> trying to pass guard in the other hand in the collar, and I was just getting choked all the time. So it took me about a year or so to, to get back to grips with the, you know, with the, with the actual gi work. So I had to be careful. So once that came together, and sort of started to build my game, Lucio graded me from purple, and then uh, I got my brown belted um, on. 23rd of December last year sweet sweet so obviously it's been what eight months since you had your brown belt and now you're classed as the best in your age group at brown belt in the world in the gi how does that feel yeah that seems that seems to be the case it's you know what it really still hasn't sunk in yet it's um I've had moments and I thought god you know I've done it but all I've concentrated on is this for to be honest, in months and months, it's just been in my head all the time, you know, just to try and get there. And you never know what you can expect. And you need a little bit of luck in the tournaments as well, because you can get drawn against, you know, one of the top guys in the first round. Um, so, you know, so you do need a little bit of luck going into tournaments. But ultimately, it's down to you and how much sort of work you put in, and you know, and, um, and your own sort of skill level. So you've just got to beat what's in front of you, and that's the way I always do. Just take it one match at a time. And just trying to win that one, then on to the next one, then on to the next one. So yeah, it's uh, it all worked out quite well. Is it slowly sinking in? But it's uh, I can't wait to to sort of get back home to the team and see all the lads, lads up there, the gym, you know, and uh, and then get back on the mats with them. Really, to be honest, I've seen quite uh, on Facebook and social media a lot of um, the the you well the northwest side. Um, I've gone out to Vegas. Have you have you sort of grouped together or, or met up with each other? Has yeah, that sort of helped we, you to, to sink to sort of settle in a bit more? Definitely, we had um, four people from our team. Go, there's Lucio himself, um, good mate Neil Atkins, and my wife actually, Louise. Uh, she she was there as well. So we had that, and we had a good group of guys who sort of know Chris Regan, uh, a lot of the guys from Stealth and Factory were all over as well. And yeah, it was good. You know, everyone sort of was there at the tour and all sort of trying to help each other, encouraging each other and stuff. And it was pretty good. A lot, of, you know, quite a lot of uh, considering the size of our, of our country. And, Mainly over here, it's it's the Americans and the Brazilians who, you know, everybody sort of thinks they're sort of way ahead of us. I, you know, I don't actually think they are because um, I thought we'd be pretty good, pretty good, you know, pretty good show. And over there, I think we've got, I'm sure there was five or six golds for the UK, and there was quite a lot of silvers and bronzes as well. So I think we did pretty good. Wow, that is that is quite epic. Um, just run me through then, sort of the, the tournament. Though. So you said, said you had four matches. Um, how did you ma- each match go for your um, many submission well, wins? I actually or? ended up. I actually ended up having three. There was a sixteen man division, and uh, my first guy um, sort of no showed. I was, I was in wow. a bullpen waiting for an hour, and he no showed. We sort of knocked you a little bit, so I was ready to go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he didn't. So I actually ended up getting a buy on the first one. Um, how much money do you think he would have wasted by not showing? Unbelievable! I, I, I can't. I can't unless he's got injured in the last week, which I don't know what he must have been doing to get injured in the last week. I can't understand how somebody registers for you know for the world championships, a sixteen-man division, and then no shows. 
and they get they gave him like you know quite a bit of time, um, and then just you know he didn't he didn't show up. So I was sort of in there, warmed up. He'd already been put back an hour in my division, so then it got put back another hour before I managed to get on. So I had to mentally get myself together, get prepared. Uh, I managed to watch the guy who was fighting next. You know, we managed to you know go on the sidelines and watch that. So I had a little game plan for him, um, <laughs> and then I you know started off. He was my first match, and he was the guy who actually won it last year um, right. sort of, you know, with him which was very close close games so a lot of it was on the feet to be honest he was looking for takedown sort of I was I think once you get above lightweight a lot of the guys don't pull guard or don't want to be on the bottom because it can be very difficult in the tournament format we've only got five minutes to score some points it can be quite difficult to sort of uh, you know to, to sweep people so um, both of us were on the feet and I managed to win that by by advantages Um into the semi-final which again I think it was I think I got two points and three advantages to one so again another very close guy he was a judo black belt I had to be very careful with him um, sort of managed to you know managed to, managed to avoid all his throws and off one of his throws I managed to sort of uh, take his legs as well and get on top of him um, so that was, that was a tough one and then into the final against me sort of little rival a uh, <laughs> guy called Humberto and again, that was really, really tight. Um, I'm still not exactly sure what the score was. I don't know if it was three advantages to one to me or or three two. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it was as close as it could be. At the end, he was really trying to sweep me. I had an opportunity. I could have passed his guard in the gym, and I'd probably have done it. But when there was 20 seconds left in the world championship on the line, I sort of, you know, I just sort of kept my weight on him, and then just sort of. Uh, came out to the side and then managed to get another advantage for that and just secured it. Sweet. So, obviously, it, it sounds like from there you, you you played your game without playing your game, if that makes sense. So, you knew, obviously, what they were going to do, like the judo black belt, and you had to nullify that, but you sort of started to play your own game at the same time, which is technically a lot completely, harder and you still did it. Completely tight. I, I said to everyone, who sort of said, you know, who's asked me the question, said... With matches, you really wouldn't want to be looking at them and watching them again on the highlight reel. They were, they were pretty boring and they're pretty tight. But I, like I said, I'd lost twice in the finals last year uh, by being probably a little bit too open, you know, and, and allowing things to happen. So this time I came to clear you know, a game plan, and it was to win it. I shut them down, and my whole my whole sort of thing was I said I'm not going to let anyone score any points on me, and then it's all in my hands. So I managed to go through the whole tournament without having a point scored against me. Um, which then allows me to be able to, you know, to sort of put my my game in place. So that's the way I did it. That's the way I went. And it was a closed mindset. It was very tight, but at the end of the day, it ended up working out for me. So it was, uh, it, it proved to be the right one in the end. A clear example that you um, have learnt from your mistakes from last year. And people say you, you either you win or learn. You don't necessarily lose. So you've learnt from, like you say, the finals that you have lost and that you, you have been too open. And then you've gone and adapted to that and thinking, I want this world championship. I want to be called world champion. And you're willing to do everything within the rules to do it, even if it makes the game or makes the match as boring as possible. Um, because only uh, you can only be called world champion if you win. Uh, it's not about entertaining the crowd, I guess. Uh, and bravo to you. It sounds um, sounds quite epic the way you've done it. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. You know, you, at, the, at the end of the day, it's, you know, you, you go into a tournament format, and you, and you, you know, the whole point of it is to win it, isn't it? You don't, you, 
the best goal yells, did this spinning armbar, did this flying triangle, but then, oh, yeah, he managed to pass my guard. <laughs> so I just made sure, you know, I shut everything down. And, and, and that's, the, that's the way you've got to do it. You have, you have to be, you know, you have, you have to play to win, don't you, in these sort of things. And at the end of the day, like you said, 100% believe that, you know, you learn off previous things, you know, that have happened and managed to put it all together. And, you know, obviously this, this time it, uh, it all worked out. But I felt in complete control, I'll be honest, in sort of all of all the matches. Uh, I could have pushed it a little bit, a little bit, more, you know, a bit more. But because there was so much at stake, I decided, you know, I'll just do what I need to do and secure it. Yeah, you're world champion now, so um, I'm guessing you'd want to go and retain it next year, or, or what's what's your? Uh, yeah, it does. Um, what what's your sort of plan now? Is that is that your goal achieved, and, and you think right, you'll you'll you you'll compete less now, or is it make you? Obviously, I know it's not settled in like you said, but is it make you more compelled to go and defend it next year? Or? Yeah, one hundred percent. I'll be back one hundred percent. It's uh, <clears throat> you know a lot of people have said it's harder to retain it. Than it is to actually win it. You know, you've got to stay in hungry because obviously I've been hungry for this all year. Yeah. You know, after losing the final, um, and one hundred percent. You know, I, I want to go back. Uh, I've got a couple of little niggling injuries, nothing serious at all. Just basically, just sort of wear and tear on the body. So I'm just gonna. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do for the rest of the year. Probably the London Open or something like that. Maybe not too much more, but be straight back in for the Euros. I got silver in that last year, and I've literally been a brown belt for a month. So that's my sort of my first goal. Uh, then Abu Dhabi in the Worlds, obviously there and there as well. I want to come back and there, try and do the try and do the triple next year. That'll be that'll be the one. Definitely, definitely. So obviously you competed in Masters three and you won it. Um, and I know you said you did MMA. Uh, late in the day and you said it's a young man's sport what would your advice be to uh, the I don't know how to put want to be rude but the, the ageing uh, male or female that's looking to compete um, obviously you've gone out there and done that and I know it's a, um, a aged bracket but the, even getting out there and being on the mat when you're in your 40s or 30s it's nerve wracking because you don't know how much your body's going to hold up I presume um, and it can be mentally tearing as well what would you give them of like, even if it's a white belt uh, obviously I know you train with uh, whites, blues all the way to blacks every day but what, what would your advice be to them? You've just got to sort of put yourself out there <clears throat> get in the gym as often as you can train as often as you can you know you've got lots of excuses all the time but I managed to work you know my, my work, my family life, you know, children, everything, everything around it. So, you, you can do it if it's possible if you, if you want to do it. So you just need to get, and you just need to get a good team behind you, and just you know, be on the mats as often as possible. Um, but I'll be honest with you, those massive divisions that obviously the no joke these days. The guys and them are really good, and the, the, everyone's it's a slower game <clears throat> than you see in the. Um, in the adult division, but everyone's really strong and they, and they do things really slowly and deliberately. You know, when they pass guard, it's a lot of pressure and things like that. But it's um, but the guys who do, you know, go in there and enjoy it. And the, the biggest thing is to have some fun, you know, um, in the competitions as well. Get in your local comps, such as, you know, the, the one you run yourself. Get in those, enjoy yourself, have a little go. And then if you feel, you know, you feel you're up for it, then, you know, just slowly sort of moving up the level. Uh, but your coach will tell you. You know, you've got a good coach. He'll tell you whether you, you know you're ready or not. Um, but it, it literally is just getting in there every single day and training as, as much as you can, as often as you can. So, like you said, you you uh, balance the your work life, your family life to, to make sure it all happens. Um, you've gone as far as in uh, you persuaded your wife to actually get involved, and now she's a blue belt. Is that correct? How, how do you go about that? Yeah, 
but to be honest, it was her pestering me. She was pestering me too, and I was like, oh, I don't know, it would suit you. <clears throat> you know, I'm not sure where it's going to work out. And um, and then she started training in my boxing gym where we used to we used to box. Really determined, really. Because she's always been really fit, and you know, been in the gym and and, and, uh, and trained really hard. And then it was, I want to do a white collar boxing fight, and I was going, no way, you're not doing that. <laughs> um, anyway, she convinced me, started training. The way she trained was, it was unbelievable. And uh, she yeah, went did a white collar boxing match and absolutely annihilated a girl who, who was about three stone heavier than her. And then that was around the Christmas time. And then I said, come on, then I think you're there. I think you can have a go. And 18 months later, a progression it, is phenomenal. I'll be honest with you. I mean, she trains with Lucio three or four times a week and she trains with me in the gym when Lucio's in Manchester I sort of do some class at Southport she trains with me three times a week and she's she's one of those people on the mats who just sucks it all up like a little sponge and you know and she just I've made it sort of like a little project of mine though, that all the mistakes that I made I won't let her make those mistakes wow like, right I okay. her on a lot of stuff that's <laughs> good honest, considering it's you know it, it, it's, a, it's a husband and wife relationship to, to a credit she, you know she never really uh she takes it on board, and I say, I'm not criticising you, I'm just trying to help you, you know, and, uh, and she sort of realises that, so her progression's been phenomenal. She lost in her first match in this to, the, uh, I think, the girl, I think she took silver in the end, the girl, but she, it was one of those matches where if it had been in the gym, you'd have said, oh, wow, you roll over. She had a back, but only had one hook in. She bow and arrowed her, how the girl got out of it, I don't know. She armbarred her right at the end, the girl just managed to turn over, and all the, the girl had got a sweep early doors, and she went out and out. It was one of those when I just couldn't believe she'd lost. You know what I mean? I, 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 had, uh, I was, you know, felt gutted for her, and she was really upset about it. But she'll come back next year, and she'll, uh, I think she, you know, when she's had, she only just got a blue belt, you know, not so long ago, and I think she comes back in blue next year with another year under her belt. I think she can do really, really well. Yeah, like like you said, with, with yours, you, you win or learn anyway. <clears throat> and hundred uh, percent sa- agree. Sounds like she's she's growing with it anyway. Um. Is this a first Masters or? Yeah, this is the first time she's ever fought in the right age and then the right weight category. She's always either had to do it, the adults or, you know, she's only just in the Masters anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but she's either always had to do the, uh, she's either had to do the adults or white, the white belt, they don't have anything other than, than adults. Uh, she's had to do that or she's had to do weight classes above to get matches, you know what I mean, anything like that. So it's the first time she'd ever actually been in the right weight in the right age category. So, uh, you know, which is, which is another great thing because, to be honest, the girls, it, it's, it's a bit tougher than the lads. The lads always have sort of masters or seniors. Even the local comps, they have that, the women, because they're so few, in, 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 you know, percentage-wise to the men. They sort of just get lumped together and it's often they get weight classes chucked together, which I know, you know, it's better than getting no matches at all. Um, but, it, you know, it, for, for things like the Worlds and the Euros, they, they sort of manage, you know, they have a few different weight classes and age classes and stuff, so they're there. You know, it's a little bit better for them to test themselves in the, in the right environment. I totally agree. Um, so the Masters, obviously, it's in Vegas, uh, and obviously you're from England, like we know. Ha- what what sort of makes you think, right, I can, I'm going to put money aside to afford to do this? Because just getting to America at one point is costly, and then obviously it's costly to even enter the tournaments and accommodation and stuff. Um do you overall so you know you're world champion it's definitely worth it but someone that's thinking right I might do the masses next year but it's going to cost me x y and z what would you say to them would you say just go and do it you'll never experience anything like it do you do you rank the masses out up there as as the best company you ever competed on or one of the best yeah this, this is the this is the highest stage you can sort of get for you know for the guys who are in the masters 
But just going back to your sort of your point on this is how I do it. I see people who are, who are friends of mine every weekend. You see them out on, on Facebook, and the you know the pictures are up there, and they're out, and they're having a pint, they're having a laugh, they're having a great weekend. I don't do that. I don't go out hardly. I train and I save that money every week. So say they spend 150, 200 quid a weekend. I put that aside. So when they say to me, oh, yeah, you've managed to go to Vegas, you've managed to go to Abu Dhabi, I point that out to them and say, well, you go out every weekend and spend that money on ale and whatever, you know, you're doing, you know, you're out in nightclubs and this and that. So that's how I get myself there. I'm lucky now I've won a few things. I've got a few really good sponsors who sort of help me out as well. Um, but that's how I managed to get myself there primarily. So there's always, you know, with, with there's a will, there's a way, the old saying, but yeah, 100%, get yourself there, enjoy it. At the end of the day, 50% of people are going to lose in the first round anyway. So you, you need that bit of luck, you know, or you don't quite perform. But at the end of the day, then you're in Vegas, aren't you, anyway? So yes, <laughs> you exactly. can make a pretty good holiday out of it, aren't you, can't you? So, you know, if you, if you think you, you think you want to do it, you think, you, you know, think you've got a, got a chance, then yeah, you know, put everything on the line. It's worth doing. And uh, get yourself over and have a go. Yeah, worst case scenario uh, that you don't want is you go out in the first round, but you've uh, you booked to stay to the final anyway. You've got three or four more days to kill anyway. <laughs> um, exactly, mate. Uh, enjoy it. It's not, you know, it's the sort of place where you can, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty fun place. <laughs> yeah. Go and have a good time afterwards. There's uh, there's not much not for you to do there. Um, right, pal. What I'll do, I'll leave it there. But any uh, any any sponsors you want to plug anyone you want to thank before I let you go? Yeah, that'd be great if you don't mind. Um, Gambora Fightwear, you know, supplying with all my geese, t-shirts, no geese stuff. David Hickey, absolute legend of a bloke. He's, you know, he's looked after me for quite a while now. So he's, uh, you know, a really big shout out to him. Uh, Billy Cooper at Cornerman's Rub, who looks after me. She's a, a really great product, which is basically a skin defense product um, for defense against anything you can pick up on the mat, you know, ringworms, staff, that sort of thing. So guys should be looking at that because the last thing anyone wants to pick up is a, is a nasty skin infection. And um, I've just been sponsored by Yoga for BJJ as well. Um, <clears throat> so I've only just got into, I'm sort of getting into that, but I'm noticing difference in flexibility, breathing, things like that. So I'm going to have a real push on that. Um, so obviously, when you get a bit older, your flexibility starts <laughs> going a little bit. So <laughs> I'm going to have a good push on that over the next few months. So hopefully, I might be able to uh, develop a rubber guard or something like that one day. <laughs> I, doubt, I doubt that, but uh, I'll have a go. <laughs> So yeah, that's yeah. Those three for helping me out, definitely. Awesome, awesome. Any teammates or anyone like that, or just a massive, massive shout to uh, everyone at Lucio Sergio BJJ Lifestyle, all the gyms from all over, all the affiliates. Um, we've got Puga Jiu Jitsu. We've got um, the Ali Car Academy. We've got Lucio Sergio Piccadilly. Um, John Stokes. We've got um, Enigma. Paul Rice from Blackpool is great sparring partner for me. Um, and obviously the Lucio Sergio Southport guys where I'm based it's just a phenomenal team that we've built up at the moment we all train all help each other it's, uh, it's just a massive big family and obviously Lucio himself he's just he's just unbelievable you know unbelievable coach unbelievable guy you know it was, uh, it was amazing being on the mats with him over here superb sweet thanks for being on pal I appreciate it thanks for your time awesome thanks a lot Jake thanks you very much mate no worries pal check you soon Massive congratulations there to Chris Thompson on winning gold at the World Championship Masters in Vegas this past week. We uh, Before we move on, on to our penultimate guest, Mark Kinsella, from uh, the co-host of Kinney vs. the Hippie podcast, just thought I'd let you know about uh, another sponsor we have, MMA Matting. Um, they supply 
amazing mats from judoka, crash mats, MMA matting, Brazilian jiu-jitsu matting, um, all sort of colours and designs. Um, they supply that all over the country to different gyms. Um, also for home use as well, uh, not just for in the gym. So you can buy a rollout mat, perfect size for your home, uh, and train at home, uh, MMA, BJJ, whatever your style of fighting is. Um, they also supply the cleaning gear for it, the storage, trolleys, uh, different designs. So it could be a rollout mat, it could be a, a jigsaw mat. Um, so get down there, mmamatting.co.uk. That's mmamatting.co.uk. Thanks. Hello, my next guest is now Mark Heller, um, a welterweight amateur from MMA Academy. How are you, Mark? I'm sound, you know, Jake. Thanks for having me on, mate. Thanks. Uh, I'm just returning the favour, pal. Um, I've got to do it properly. Um, you do your own podcast, uh, Kinney and the Hippie. Um, how have you found that? I totally agree. I listen to it every week. I'm up to date completely now. Yeah. Um, the, 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 uh, obviously, you've got both of you there. Like you said, you both um, counterbalance each other out, sort of, and, and, it, and it does work really, really well. You you have a laugh about more or less everything. Uh, you're not scared to shoot the shit about people, and you're not scared to give, uh, give um, good feedback on people, which I do enjoy myself listening to. Um, give us a bit of background on yourself then. So you're definitely six and all because uh, Tapology says you're five and all. No, no, I know, I know. For some reason, one of me wins and they don't know I'm six and all. <laughs> um, sweet. So, um, what would you say is has been the toughest fight for you so far? Um, coming up the rank ranks, is it getting out there the first time when you went out of middleweight, or was it your first fight at welterweight, or how 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 do you sort of find them? and all that I've already worn as it is 
is, and I step out of my comfort zone. So I'm just a normal guy, me, family man. I go to work, I'm a quantity convert. Every now and then I get to get in the cage and step out of my comfort zone, so it's good. Sweet. So you fought on, uh, well, three of the biggest UK shows, obviously. OMAC's not around as much anymore, but OMAC was massive it in was its day. Um, yeah. That was at the Olympia, just like Shinobi is now. And then obviously you've got uh, Full Contact Contender FCC, which is uh, probably one of the biggest in, in UK MMA at the minute anyway. Um, what's been your favourite show to, to be on? Do you, I asked Rob Sinclair when I spoke to him yesterday. Do you, uh, sorry, not Rob Sinclair, Janae Ebanks yesterday when I spoke to him. You, do you find that being on all these different shows has helped you or would you rather have fought on one and stayed there? No, no, I like I like fighting on different shows. You get different different types of nerves, different feelings because I think if you feel a little bit um, comfortable, you can maybe take that little edge away from yourself. I like to fight different shows. I was talking to Jason Tammy, coach, about it, um, maybe fighting away once, you know, being close to the town of Fulton City. It's always been like the Northwest. Maybe like to step up the comfort zone and go down to London sweet sweet i do i actually do completely agree with that um you've got your title defense like you said against james reedman um yeah, I, think that's his name. I believe he's from down south i'm not too sure what his uh jim is but is it gp uk yeah, uh, obviously the picture with uh, that's obviously with you two on it. That's the title he's got on there anyway. And like I say, he's five and one. Um, you say you beat one of the bonners. He beat one of the bonners for the title. Yeah, it was a five round war. So what, what's your sort of uh, game plan going into there? Do you, do you have any game plan at all or do you not believe in that stuff? Um, uh, I'm not really big on sort of game plans. I mean, I, I've watched guys, I think, one. I've watched them twice now, so I sort of know what he brings. I'm just going to go in and do what I do, basically, because I think a lot of people, a lot of fighters can't, like, what do you say to fight in a good strike? And they're like, oh, I'm just going to grapple, I'm just going to grapple, or say it's a southpaw, it's a load of southpaw. And then yeah, the opponent changes. I've had like some of my fights have had three and four different opponents. So if it is, regardless of who it is, if it is James, nice. But I'll just go in and play my uh, my game and what I want to do, and hopefully I get the win. Sweet. Um, do you know when you'll be next defending Shinobi title, or is that uh, are you looking to turn pro I'm, soon? I'm, I was going to be. I was going to be doing it in the I'm going away in uh, in October for uh, for a holiday. So. Ah, yeah, I do I remember you saying you get sort of um, middle to late October, you're going away, uh, and their show is the 29th of October, if I remember rightly. So no, you won't. It's, 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 it's oh. late um, November, but it only gave me a month when I got back, and, and I'm, not, uh, I'm not going on all the diet. I've done that a couple of times, it's uh, not fair on me, uh, my wife and my daughter. Fair enough, completely fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward, you would, li- would you like to defend that at least once? You would. Right, pal, we seem to have lost you there, but we're back. Yeah, sorry about that. 
It's all right, pal. All right. Um, so yeah, you will at least def- like, look to uh, like to defend your Shinobi title at least once after the FCC title defense. Uh, anyone in mind for that? I know a few names were, were through about previously. Anyone that you think right before I do take the next step in in my career, I want to face this person. Yeah, I think it will be. Uh, you look at Tia Mike's easy for the number one uh, contender. So I like to fight because they were trying to match me with. Andreas Chukamite is from uh, Aussie Howlux Gym, uh, proper gym, I think it's under now. Yes, yes, it's a big, big, it's small, but it's like a little juice bomb. It'll be good, enjoy. Sweet. Um, is there anything that you would like to um, do in your next couple of fights that you think like, you, you, you've worked on that you think, right, I want to try that now, or is it literally you just keep on uh, adapting and evolving your own, your own game as it goes? So obviously, I know how good you are on the ground being a BJ purple belt under... Jason Tan, uh, do you work more on your striking now or are you wrestling? No, we do. I do have another strike in Jiu-Jitsu, regardless of obviously we've got a Jiu-Jitsu MMA coaching um, Jason Tan, but we've also got it at Peter Davis, who's great at the other head coach at MMA Academy, who's great at striking and MMA as well, and then we've also got Michael, who's another sort of common coach, so I just do me that way. I always constantly evolve and train even when I'm not. I don't just train for the fight, I train I'm like a martial artist. I do it. It's a lifestyle for me. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I just train and I enjoy myself. It's me release. So no, I just go in and enjoy myself, and I show people what, what I'm capable of. Really. So you treat it more like a hobby than anything. Yes, that's it. Because I, I didn't come from um, anything else apart from MMA. That's what I've been always done. So unless I've come from like a boxing or a kickboxing background, that's all I've ever done. So I've I've really got a style. I've, So you, so you class yourself as one of the new breeds and like what Rory McDonald says, you've, you've not come from any background, uh, you, you, you're glad to be the all-round MMA fighter, you don't just like to pick one dimension and stick to it. Yeah, I'm not bothered with, with, with whatever it is and, and, and like when I first got into it I never ever thought I would fight and I've put um, a lot of time and effort on the match. There's no secret to, uh, to MMA, I don't think, I think it's just time on the match because there's that much to learn got to just commit yourself and unfortunately you know, it's a good team and I just enjoy it really I enjoy training so and I enjoy going in like deep waters I like a grand fight I've got no issues with that and then and I'll take submissions or strikes whatever it is so I've never uh, submitted someone I've had a few decisions so it doesn't matter I'll, I'll take I'll just take the win I want to get in and get out as fast as possible and get, get the history uh, change and then I'll fly <laughs> <laughs> I think you've said that every time I've seen you after a fight it's like where's the nearest Krispy Kreme I know where that's uh... no, I, I, I have googled where the nearest Domino's is and as soon as I win I'm going to Domino's and getting a pizza in me because like I, I generally I, I walk down like uh, like um, high 80s low just about 90k so I have to lose like between like ten to thirteen key like to fight, so it's, it's a lot of weight I have to uh, I have to shift. But like I put weight on pretty easily, but it also comes off pretty pretty easily. So I just I enjoy. It, do you know what? Fight camp wouldn't be too bad if I didn't have to die. <laughs> I think that's the the consensus between all fighters. It's not the fighting. It's not the hardest part of fighting is that is that day. You can say the Friday generally day before weighing, making the weight. That then that's it. And then on the Saturday. 
Yes, exactly. I, I like you said before about the pizza. Last time I thought it was a, a long time ago. Now it's the only thing I craved. I think because you cut that much out of your body, it's um, pizza does sound amazing afterwards. I don't know what it is. It does, it does. And, and, and to me at the minute, it, 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 like, it's amateur. I'm just enjoying it. Obviously, as a pro, I think you should be, especially the way things are. I think you should be in shape, like near enough. You shouldn't be within three or four weeks from a fight because. Like fighters are dropping like flowers, whether it be injuries, whether it be getting caught and using um, PEDs. So, I, I, like, you never know when you're going to get like a big opportunity. But at the minute, it's just amateur, so I'm just enjoying myself. Yeah, I know that there's quite a few local shows coming up at the minute, and you never know what could be around the corner. Obviously, Cage Warriors have got an undercard, amateur card. Um, I know um, a lot well, of I the. Could, I could have fought on Cage Warriors, but I was, uh, I was on Aldi at the time. I could have fought um, on the undercard, but. I wouldn't have made the weight, so right. obviously that's my fault, but if I'd have been a pro, that, I think that would have been bad, that I wouldn't have made the weight, because it was only like a month, but I was in, um, I was on holiday, so there's no way I was making the weight. <laughs> Is that something you'll reassess if and when you do turn pro, that you think, right, I want to be, if you, you I presume you'll, you'll stay at well weight, you won't cut any further than that? No, no, my, my cut bars ain't going any lower than the welter. Sweet, so I presume if, if if you do turn pro, that you you would rather be walk around sort of the eighty four mark, maybe maybe around there. So if if someone did come a knocking, you uh, you take up the own opportunity with two hands. Yeah, that's it. Because I, I sort of uh, I, I died to uh, to eighty, and I generally cut about three kilos. So uh, yeah, I'd like to walk around about eighty four. I'm pro, so then I'd only be like three three or four weeks away from a fight. Should like a real good opportunity comes, but we'll have to see about pro or whatever. What it, do, um, have you spoke to them about it before? Uh, do, you, do you know a sort of timeline in their head, in your head, or are you just taking it one fight at a time at the minute? Exactly. Um, tell us a bit about the MMA Academy. Then, obviously, I know it's run by Jason Tan. Um, what's the team like there that, down there at the minute? Um, and obviously, you're um, now technically affiliate with SBG. Do you train with them a lot? I know you train with uh, the reps team a lot. Um, how do you find the sparring and stuff? Um, is, is it is it something that you, you you go in there and you love it every time you go in, or is it a bit like because of the amount of killers that are in there, you kind of go, it's going to be another tough session?
just got some sweet chicken and so that's another thing and we're trying to teach them the ground game and we just got all different variations you've got boxers you've got kickboxers you've got grapplers so whatever you need there's always someone there to um, give you a different taste so we're lucky and um, we, we used to train quite a bit with SPG Manchester but we still uh, we go down there and they come but that seems to happen as we get up recently so but it might happen again but I think the more the SPG sort of the more I think of the gym scene I, I sort of I train out of the MMA academy Sweet. So give us a bit of details about your next fight then. Obviously, we've gone over the opponent and stuff. How can people get down and see it? Uh, what date? Um, how can they get tickets? That sort of thing. Yeah, well, it's uh, the 24th of September in uh, the Manchester Event Centre, I think. Um, just uh, get on me on, get on me on uh, Facebook. Uh, get on the podcast page. It'll be on that. That's Kenny Verster Hippie. Uh, just send us a message. We'll shoot some tickets down. Be a really good night. It's Guys, and I've also been teammates on it, Chris Green, who's another up and coming um, welterweight. So he's looking to get uh, another win because he fought for the Ice Belts a couple of weeks ago and unfortunately lost to a guillotine, so he's jumped back in. Um, and come down and see. I've got some nice nice new tight shorts and see whether I look, look less fat. <laughs> 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 and the guy I'm fighting looks like a fucking. Uh, he's all muscly and ripped, so it'd be nice when my, my style looks be fat belly all over him. You like going in there and beating up the guys like that just to prove a point, don't you? Yeah, it's not better than when the fat kid beats the juice head. Everyone, <laughs> I, I always say all the time, I'd love it to be like, a, like an illegal gamble in there because people would look at me and think, oh, I'm fucking hell. He's going to get twatted. <laughs> and then I unfortunately beat the, uh, beat the juice bombs. Sweet. Just before I let you go then, pal, any um, sponsors you want to plug? Anyone you want to thank before I let you go? Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend Kenny vs. Hippie to everyone. I uh, appreciate your time. Kenny, thank you very much. Thanks, pal. Before we get to our first guest, I just want to quickly talk about one of our sponsors, Idi Pure. I-D-E-E-P-U-R-E. Uh, they can be found at idipure.com. That's I-D-E-E-P-U-R-E.com. Uh, they supply athlete soap. Um, exactly what an athlete needs it's literally 3 99 for these soaps they have three ranges currently out they have the original the athlete bar uh, power soap for BJJ MMA and all contact sports um, we, they also have the charcoal bar and all natural purifying soap bar for face and the body uh, and finally the warrior soap 
in red designed for warriors fiery ginger and cooling citrus like i say it's only 3.99 it, it's made purposely for the athlete to clean uh your body after you've been training or before you go into training uh to make sure none of the uh horrible um diseases get passed around i would definitely recommend to buy it that's idipure.com uh, the athlete bar the charcoal bar and the warrior soap i use it myself it's brilliant stuff and they also do other ranges including beer oils so make sure you check it out that's idipure.com thank you very much but thanks to kinney there i would definitely recommend to check out their podcast kinney versus the hippie uh, details on facebook uh, on itunes and stitcher etc um get down to it uh, next guest is Chris Clark. Before we get on to him, I just want to give you some details about uh, our long-serving sponsor, Total Therapy. Uh, they're, they are on Facebook uh, and social media, Total Therapy Manchester. Uh, anyone that's been down to a grapple nation, a sub-north or an empire, or even an FCC recently, um, they are the physios that are constantly there working hard on all the fighters, take time out of their day. Uh, they are brilliant. Uh, I know of them firsthand from when I've had sports injuries uh, from wrestling years ago, uh, before one of my fights. Um, put me back to 100% health, uh, ready to fight and go again. Uh, I know other fighters use him, like Pietro Mengo, Mike Berry, etc. Uh, so check them out. Total Therapy on Facebook. Thank you. My next guest is Chris Clark, who is the owner and promoter of Budo Fighting Championships. How are you, Chris? No worries. Um, so we've got uh, your next event coming up on September the 11th, a week on Sunday uh, in Bolton. Um, before we get on to that, tell me a bit about yourself, your background, how you got into um, creating Budo Fighting Championships. Um, well, Budo Fighting Championships actually came about as a bit of a, well, by chance really, a bit of an accident. I initially set up a, a company to run seminars and workshops and, and things like that and uh, basically just having a chat with some close friends one day they basically said why don't I try my hand at promoting I uh, started giving myself six months to prepare book to date and uh, five years later the rest is history I suppose sweet so so this is your how many events have you had so far uh, this is number 15 coming up uh, I've been involved in one event that wasn't a Budo uh, show uh, yeah number 15 under the banner with 16, 17 and 18 coming by the end of the year Right, so you've got four in the next four months, less. Yeah, uh, Bolton on the 11th, uh, Wales on the 24th September, uh, Scotland on November, uh, Bolton again on the 4th of December. Wow, so you keep, you, do you like to keep yourself busy or is it just the way it falls? Um, no, a bit both really. Um, just sort of, as long as I'm, I'm not tripping over my own feet um, and I'm in different areas, it's a different pool of fighters that I can use, so a lot of guys sort of say, I don't have a cold, we're doing so many shows sort of close together. I mean, I have a good team, obviously, with Dino Barry. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's fairly straightforward. We stick to the business model. It's, it's working for us, so uh, until that changes, uh, we'll carry on as usual. So, like you said, you've got your show in Wales and then Scotland this year. How have you found sort of... I don't know how much out your comfort zone it is. Obviously, you, you, you're a Bolton lad and, and your northwest is what you know uh, in and out. How was it sort of um, taking the next step to going outside of, of, of England and, and into Wales and Scotland? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I moved to, to Yorkshire a couple of years ago. So, although sort of Bolton was my bread and butter back in sort of 2011 or 2010 when we started up, um, it sort of still is, as you said, very much a home show for us. Um, and it's, it's 
Obviously, it sounds like you're constantly scouting to make yourself grow, uh, which is is good news. Uh, I know a few months ago you announced uh, an affiliation of, of some sort with uh, a Brazilian company. Um, tell us a bit about that, how that came up, because it's one thing being local and in the UK, but Brazil, um, getting someone from Brazil, that's that's very special. open uh, up a lot of doors from from the sounds of it um, gives the fighters that mainly would never have been seen outside the UK um, sort of an avenue in in Brazil uh, and if they're seen by someone that's watching that can uh, move on their career or their lives to the, for the better who can complain with that um, a bit about yourself then how did you, how did you get into it um, not Budo in general but MMA what, what made you um, what was you watching the UFC and made you get into it or was it was you into martial arts as a kid? Yeah, I mean, initially, it was very much sort of, a majority of people started out, they came across as, what, as a video 
training in Bolton all years ago under um, Trevor Roberts, who is sort of known far and wide across the land, had a couple of fights as an amateur, and uh, and sort of, I'd, obviously I had rehab on my knees, I had bad knees, uh, lig- a lot of ligament damage and stuff like that, so it was, competing for me was, was more so just, just something to do really, um, it was, sounds really awful to say, it was never something that I took seriously, um, so I thought, once I sort of stopped the enjoyment, I, I could do something else, which is how I initially set up the seminar thing in the workshop we got Jeff Monson over a couple of times and we were looking at doing other things and then like I said someone sort of dared me to do a show and, and I'm like hey we are five years later and that's what we're doing awesome awesome um the, I, I do agree most people do sort of see something like Extreme or, or uh, the Ultimate Fighting Championships and then go from there um, and, and it sort of grows it, you, some people do it for a couple of years and sort of fade away um, but like like you say about yourself it's something that turned into a, a bigger passion than you ever expected and um, five, six years down the line you, you, you've got one of the biggest shows in, in the UK that's going uh, globally yeah, Yeah, um, just going back to what you said a couple of seconds ago. Then, um, if if you don't take care of the grassroots and there's nothing for the future, I'm 100% behind uh, something like that. Um, the the you, you'll know working with the the youths of of of, of the uh, the game at the minute, like your Callum Mullins from Falinkazan. If you take care of them now, they're going to be future stars, and uh, they'll remember where they came from. Um, the the amount of talent on the UK scene, especially 21 and under, uh, is unreal at the minute. Um, they will be future UFC stars or MMA stars in general. Um, and it's nice to see, you, you know, uh, you've given sort of the platform to go forward with it, um, which is great. Um, it's yeah, nice to been, hear. Uh, yeah, we have been sort of blessed, I would say, that quite a, we've had a number of sort of guys in the, in, in the past that have competed on Boog on a sort of regular basis that have, uh, have sort of not only grown our name but as you say it's provided with a platform to go on to become absolutely fantastic obviously our bantamweight champion is Connor Hitchens yeah. who is arguably the toughest 19 year old you'll ever come across in your life or as old he is despite him still looking like 9 years of age um, he's obviously the best bantamweight in the country our featherweight champion is Shuli Busaf who literally took the world championships by storm he, he basically had all of his fights in Budo before he went
introducing to the professional ranks because back in the days when when sort of I was introduced to the sport, it was a lot of guys that had had probably one or two fights and 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 they were they were turning pro and now a lot a lot of guys are saying it's a minimum of ten fights, fifteen fights, which I like. I mean, have a look at Conor Hitchin on his record like sixteen and three. <laughs> and, uh, and Steve Nightingale saying he isn't turning pro yet, which is what I like to hear. But he's got nothing but time, so why rush him? Exactly, exactly. Um, the amateurs these days either want to completely rush into pro, um, or they go around the wrong way, like they they, they cushion themselves. Where, um, like everyone says, the amateurs need to get all the tough fights out of the way now, live and learn, and then proceed into the pro ranks after. You would say an average maybe about 10 fights is about right, but um, some people do rush into, rush into it too fast. Um, some some are more ready than others. Some are still very raw when they go into the pro ranks, um, but it looks like from, from, from the cards that I've seen from you, the you literally put on the best versus the best at amateur. Um, that could rival any 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 pro fight, uh, so it's good to yeah, see. That's, that's the plan for us. Try and get the, the the best. Obviously, you you have your uh, unfortunate instances where people sort of pull out with injuries and stuff. But just sort of touching on a point that you just passed over, then it's, it's difficult with a lot of amateurs because unless you're in a position where you, if you're your own young kids, so take on Hitchens for example, a 19 year old are thinking, how can I make cash? So they're sort of at this point thinking, I've had a few amateur fights, I'm pretty decent, might as well get paid. So I go into the pro ranks and then just get sorted, a couple hundred quid, bish bash bosh, three, four times a year, and hopefully something will snowball. Uh, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but that's by the by. Um, but yeah, as you were saying, then moving on to sort of my show, we try and uh, and get the very best. Obviously, we've got some pretty good fights coming up with regard. So we've got like uh, Scott Kimblin, who a lot of people probably won't know, but I mean, Beat back on Budo one, uh, and he actually fought Leon Edwards that night. He's now in the UFC, uh, and he's wow. returning for his first fight in like well five years. And it's sort, of, sort of guy who was on Budo one is now competing on Budo fifteen, and he's taking on Sam Patterson, who's sort of ranked high in the amateurs. He's unbeaten in four fights. We've still got Ollie Jorgen back over from Norway, who's got one of the best talents I've, I think I've ever come across at lightweight as an amateur. Which is a, probably no. no necessarily sort of saying I'm something I'm not but it's a pretty big thing I think for somebody to say after only three fights uh, obviously Sean Watson Liam Gittins as well Ben Miles it, there's, there's quite a lot of a lot of up and coming talent and prospects that people are talking about on the card so I mean if you if, if you're in if you're in the sport for the love of the game and you want to see some really good fights and get yourself down next Sunday that's all I can say so that's uh, at the Holiday Inn in Bolton, uh, September 11th. The main event is Fryer v Clark. Um, I know of yeah. Kevin Fryer. Um, he's done a couple of the events that I've put on the jiu-jitsu events. Um, tell us a bit about that fighter, who Dom Clark is. Uh, obviously, it looks like he's got eleven and 9 record here. Uh, how did that come about, that fight? Yeah, well, um, Kev... Well, I've not really known Kev that long, but he's, we've sort of grown to become really good friends. Obviously, I know a little bit about him back from when he fought like Andy Clamp. Uh, as an amateur a few years ago, giving sort of masses of weight away to Clampy and taking him the decision. He's obviously been in the Paris for God knows how many years. He's tough as fuck. He's, he's been around for a while. And uh, he messaged me at the time. He was still living over uh, in Afghanistan and he was saying basically, I'm struggling to get fights. Can you see if you can get me some? And I said, well, the one thing you'll get with me is fights. Because I can guarantee I can get fights for anyone. I don't care who you are, what weight you can be at. There's a fight for someone and I'll get it. 
times this year already Would you obviously you, you can be biased because it's your show and you put them together? But out of the whole card, which fight are you looking forward to the most? on that yeah. fight like a little like a terminator you just didn't stop until the guy until he just walked through the guy um, unbelievable that's, that's performance Guy who came in over middleweight and he was 
supposed to be fighting at 77. Wow. And, uh, I think I think Jagger came in at about 75 and a half and knocked him out after about 10 seconds. It was, it was out cold for a while, this guy was vicious. So when he said he wanted to be in, I was more than happy to welcome him. Obviously, we did have Theo, TJ, but he, he, uh, he pulled out. Uh, so we've got Lloyd Tweeney, and he obviously comes from Dovey's. Part of the ASW camp, yes. Brothers are team Sweeney wrestling and things like that, but he's he's competed in Thai over in Thailand for a number of years, so it's literally anybody's game that, and that's probably the thing I'm looking forward to the most. Awesome, awesome. Is it? Um, just before I let you go, pal, anyone that you want to thank um, coming up to the event, any sponsors or anyone like that? So if uh, obviously I've given the details already, but if people want to get down to uh, Budo um, in, at the Holiday Inn in Bolton, postcode BL12EW, September 11th, Sunday, uh, Budo Fighting Championships 15, Friar versus Clark, get down. Uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate you having me on, mate. Thank you very much. No worries. Have a good evening. And that's a wrap, everybody. Thank you very much for all my guests today. Janae D. Banks, Rob Sinclair, Chris Thompson, Mark Kinsella and Chris Clark. All awesome people to speak to. Uh, I'm hoping to have another podcast up in a couple of weeks, um, work permitting. Um, but thank you very much for your time. Um, details of my next event, Empire Grappling Events, uh, have just been released yesterday. It will be at the Sugden Sports Centre in Manchester on November 19th. That's a Saturday. Um, registration is open now empiregrapplingevents.com that's empiregrapplingevents.com open to all age ranges male, female, children um, come and enter um, it's a good well run uh, event uh, for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Gi and Nogi um, that's Saturday 19th of November and any details you need contact me on Facebook Jake Cross thank you